Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm Michael Anderson, and today we have Brick Connors as our feature interview. He was the commanding officer at Naval Base Ventura County. We've got a great show for you today. And as always, we hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805 487 7847. Michael Anderson, Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. For more information, visit Maranatha.com. It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson, bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to maranatha.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Anderson. Welcome to the program today. I've got to tell you about this event. Spence, I was at an event earlier in the week. It was the CFO Focus Forum event. Big name, right? The CFO Focus Forum event. Sounds important. Yeah, it, it kind of it felt important. I was there. I was invited by People Media. Uh, John Lockhart is their CEO. And I got to tell you, I was blown away by this event. They had Jane Wells from CNBC there. She was the moderator and they had three panelists. Kevin Elms, the CFO from Dole Package Foods. Robert Purcell, the CFO for iPayment. And Mark Palamountain the CFO from Lehman Era. So all these three CFOs were there and they were just talking about, and it was with peers of the industry, other CFOs from other companies, there were about 40 of them. They were talking about what's happening, what's important, what the new tax laws are and how they're impacting the company. It was a very powerful event here in, in Ventura County. It was, it was fascinating. And it's nice to see that we have that kind of uh, event now because before it just didn't seem like things like this occurred, these like mastermind seminars where you get the best of the best, the big thinkers, the innovators, and it's good to see that we have that access. And I would highly recommend, boy, just go in and, and dip in and see what you can take out of it. You know, you never, you just get a little, I know, uh, different people have different thoughts on Anthony Robbins, but he had such a great point once. He said, if you go to a seminar and walk away with one thing, just one thing, it's a game. And when you get these folks up there talking on a subject, you can just gain that one little tidbit. You have the conversation rolling. I, I think these are really good for us here in business and uh, you know for the community. Yeah, it's powerful. It really is. I mean, these folks have uh, they've been down the road, so to speak. They have the roadmap. They know the roadmap, so they can help. And they kind of share information with each other and try and avoid pitfalls. It was very interesting. I'll tell you this, People Media and John Lockhart, they do Infodyne. So this is another type of event like that, bringing people together. And I just encourage you, if you're interested in trying to connect with folks like that or, or go to an event, you can go to infodyne.org. That's infodyne.org and get more information about the next event they have coming up. Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us every week, Sunday mornings here on News Talk 1590 KVTA or on the podcasts. Big Money in the 805 is on iTunes. And I do have one small favor to ask for you today. The producers of the show have asked me to see if I can get some online engagement this week. 
Now that could be an email into the station. You can email Tom at KVTA.com. Thank you, Tom. Or you can follow us on Facebook or leave a comment or a review on the Facebook page. Also, there's the podcast platform in iTunes. You could subscribe there or leave a review. If you're enjoying the show, we would really appreciate hearing from you online this week. We always love to hear from our listeners and we do appreciate you. You can email Tom at KVTA.com or simply like us on our Big Money in the 805 Facebook page. Uh, We'll be right back with our feature interview right after this. Today we have Brick Connors in the studio. Brick is a retired Navy captain and a fighter pilot. He was a commander of an F-18 fighter squadron, and many will remember him as a former commanding officer for Naval Base Ventura County. In his service to the country, he has earned numerous awards. Currently, Brick is the president and CEO of Pharos Leadership, and you can get more information at pharoslead.com. Thank you for being here today, Brick. It's quite the honor. Thank you. Yeah. While in the service as Navy captain and fighter pilot, you traveled the world. You've seen parts of the world I will only read about. Let me ask you, why did you select Ventura County as your home after your service as commanding officer of Naval Base Ventura County? You could have lived anywhere. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the story that I told the Board of Supervisors on the day of my retirement. Had I been assigned to Ventura County in my initial tour, I would not have had a long career in the Navy because I wouldn't have wanted to have left. That said, when I got assigned to Ventura County uh, as a base commander, and I developed a a fairly wide relationship with many government, education, business leaders in the community, and then just living in this wonderful place, um, it was not really a hard decision. It became my home and someplace I wanted my, my, my family to call home to. Well, that's well said. I, I, you know, I'm born and raised here. I love it as well. But it's always nice to see someone that's seen the world to kind of say, "Hey, this is where I'm gonna. This is where I'm gonna stake some more roots." This well, is where the be. parts of the world I got to see were not necessarily your your garden spots, so to speak. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> now, so it's been less than ten years since you were a commanding officer of Naval Base Ventura County. I first want to ask you about the BRAC process. Now, many of us remember BRAC and the issues that came along with that. But for those that don't know, tell us about BRAC and how you handled that. So, BRAC, base relocation and closure, is a process that the government routinely goes through. They accelerated that at the end of the, the Cold War, and then they started consolidating their, their infrastructure and assets in, in terms of closing. And there was a game plan to do this every eight years. So in 2005, a round occurred, and the entities, and especially some of the um, tenants at the base, were looked at pretty hard. I came in on the tail end of that, but I got a debrief one day, which really changed my approach to, to being a base commander, and that was that the community did not advocate and support the base as much as others did, mm. which created some vulnerabilities. And this is from people that were on the, you know, the, uh, the commission. And so my mission was to make the community the best advocates of any community in the entire planet. And so who do I go to? I went to Dick Rush at Channel Islands because he, he really mastered the art of, of integrating the community around that college that university. He did a great job. And uh, so um, I spent a lot of time in session doing that with him. And one of the things that I really wanted to, to advance was the economic impact of the base. 
And so we worked with Vesita, we worked with Bruce Stencil at his organization, we worked with uh, some other organizations, workforce development, that kind of thing. And we were able to commission an economic impact uh, survey, and we discovered a couple of very interesting things about the base. Uh, the biggest one, and there's 1.9 at that time, there was $1.9 billion of impact going into the, the tenants on the base. And I was convinced that the community was not benefiting as much as they could from doing that. So uh, that began a series of other engagements to bring the community into our economic bubble and find ways for them to penetrate that and benefit from it. And 2008, 2009, as you recall, was not very friendly in anybody's economic calculations, especially Ventura counties. Yeah, well, there's no doubt the economic impact of the base here in the county is just huge. I mean, I think it was 20,000 employees that come out of the base, and you think of all the housing and all the spending and just the way that they live and consume in the county. It's a big, big deal. When we did the the first, that was the first economic, we, we can't do it. The military can't does it, so we need the community to, to in, make that investment. What we discovered was pretty interesting that we had 14% of the county's scientists, engineers, and technology specialists, which is a significant, when you talk about, you know, technology development, we have this unbelievable resource right in our backyard that we can deploy and transfer technologies in very unique ways. So all these things started to come out of this economic survey, which really brought the communities, the educators, the, the government officials, the agencies within county government together and trying to find some, some common ways that we could de- deploy and use one of each, uh, all of our skill sets. So there's two big topics I want to ask you about. So one of them is how do you encourage technology development, and then also with government leading more acquisitions. So in your tenure as a commanding officer, how, how, would you, how did you process that, the technology development? Well, so uh, even at the base, you know, there, uh, there's a little bit of mystery around what they do, uh, mainly because it's highly classified, but they have three distinct centers of excellence that are at the leading edge of technology in air warfare, surface uh, ship warfare, undersea warfare, but also on facilities with uh, our our CBs. And they have these wonderful things available to anybody that has something that they think may be valuable to everybody, but in particular the military, where they can partner with the military and receive funding and capital to advance that idea, that concept, that technology. And then they can share the benefits of, of that development with, uh, with the government. So that's one area. Uh, I also worked for Northrop Grumman, and uh, I, um, I was on several of their, their tactical aircraft programs. And when we engaged with our business opportunities across the globe, the number one biggest thing that gave you a, a, an advantage in competition was the ability for technology transfer. And so with us in Northrop Grumman, the big thing was the composite manufacturing, complex shapes, you know, and those signature reduction techniques. And every campaign that we did had to have a big program. So uh, this technology transfer is, is a big thing. We understand that at the, in the, on the military side, any, anyhow, that there's a lot of great ideas out there that are underdeveloped, and we just wanted to give that an opportunity to partner on those type of things. Now, that's on the technology side. You know, the other thing that we did at the base was we entered into a variety of partnerships. One of them was uh, housing. 
we replaced the entire housing project in uh, Camarillo to the delight of the Camarillo City Council and citizens, but um, we also did it on the basis. It's kind of unique. We brought in a construction company and we brought in a property management team. But here's the good thing for the, the military is they can't finance anything. And so with these partnerships, they finance it and then they keep the benefit of, mm. of, of the pay that would normally go for those, those houses. So there's, and there's, there's, there's many more opportunities to do that as well. That is neat. Yeah. I, think, I think that's, uh, you know, this idea of public-private partnerships, we've talked a lot about those on this program. A couple I'll just mention that came out of it. It was uh, Bruce Stensley was on the yes. show. <laughs> Assembly member Jackie Irwin was on the show. And they both mentioned how uh, bringing that engineering program to CSU Channel Islands is a big deal because there weren't a lot of engineers that we were breeding locally and there was a need in the space that we have here for the base and for other manufacturing operations. That became a nice kind of public-private partnership to get that started and going. It's a big deal. And the other one we've mentioned a lot on this program is at Ventura College, uh, Clean Diesel was uh, an identified need in the area of uh, Gibbs Trucking needed clean diesel technologists and they just couldn't find them and Ventura College said well we can start teaching people this skill if you would uh, help us show what we need to teach them and develop the curriculum and they have that program now and so the the idea of public-private partnerships and filling a need is something I think very exciting it would be neat to see more of that with the base and find out what the model is of how we can kind of foster that yeah there's uh, there's a lot of areas for connection. And on the engineer program, we were very active with, uh, you know, with Dick Rush and, and, and the university there, mainly because uh, we needed a, a resource for educated technicians, engineers, because the workforce at the base, and I think the average age is like 52 uh, within a couple of years of retirement. And there is and will be a significant gap in years to come to fill those roles. I want to pivot over to the Pharos leadership, which is what you, you've been doing, some training. And the website listed your passion as honoring the legacy of the greatest leaders you've known by sharing their wisdom. I like that. So let me ask you this, if I can. First, first question here, what makes a great leader? That's kind of the, the base question. And I think why a lot of companies get it wrong, a lot of organizations, e- even in the military, is what is a, a leader? You know, the, the question I get all, asked all the time is, other, you know, there's natural born leaders and then there's the other guys. No, everybody should and can be and understand that they can, they can make a play as a leader. And they need to understand that. Uh, the second part of it is what do you expect to get out of them and how do you tee them up for the su- success? And that's kind of our focus. That's where we start. So, the, the, you know, in my mind, it's really simple. Leaders inspire others to convert their life force, energy, technical capabilities, their, their knowledge and, and, uh, and energy towards a set of extraordinary goals and objectives to complete extraordinary results. And, and it's really, that's it. That's kind of where we start is redefining what leadership is for organizations, for teams, for I like that. groups. Yeah, I like that. Let me ask you one more question, if I can. Can you give us maybe one or two ideas or pearls of wisdom about leadership that you share in your trainings? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, we break it down in, into kind of three phases. Self-leadership, you can't inspire anybody if you can't lead yourself. And then we get to, to the point where everybody misses, and they, and they miss it for various reasons. But say you can inspire a group of people, and they commit their life force and energy in pursuit of the goals that you've outlined for them. Well, now you gotta, now you got to perform. 
So it's then we take it into the next step is the decision making, the acting, and the management of whatever actions you have your team executing. That's where people really fall off. So we take when we operate it. I partnered with the Navy SEAL, uh, and you know, I come out of the the air warfare. But we also have a sea level executive from Apple, a guy named Dan Walker, was in the Army, and we look at the, really the same way. And that is, you you have to be able to decide with little or no information available to you, and then you have to be able to flex really quickly if the, what your assumptions were are inaccurate. Most folks like perfect knowledge before they want to decide, make a decision, act on anything. And in our world, you just don't have that luxury. So how do you tee up your team to decide and act with little or low confidence information? And that's where we go into the, the kind of the main meat of our, our, our focus. I like that. That's seemingly really important nowadays because it seems like the world we live in, you're getting lots of information, sometimes overload of information, right. but you can't know what to rely on or not. Oh, and at other times, maybe not enough, not enough relevant information to make the decision, but you still have to move forward. That is really good. Let's go with this question. I hear that you're running for county supervisor in the next election. What prompted that decision? We kind of hit on it when we first talked. I, uh, I've grown to love this community. I've grown to love this area. For 27 years, it's all been about service, you know, service to my country, service to the team that I, I depended on for you know, mission accomplished, but also for survival. And now that my kids have aged out a little bit, I'm ready to get back in there and serve our community. So that's the, the primer. That's the main you know, theme. I like it. And what, what's the impact that you hope to make? Well, you know, I look at the, the things that are holding us back as a community. I mean, we have huge net domestic migrations out of the state, out of the county. We have flat or negative gross county product, and you can just skip over a county line and growth is, you know, four, four times better. And so what is it in terms of our resistance to economic prosperity, economic growth that is, is going to hold us down? And the other thing is, I'm assuming you've got young kids too, right? Well, I do. My kids are now in, in through, a couple are through school. One is in school, and I got another one that's 13 years old. I want them to come and live close by me when they have their professions and their careers, and there's no way a young family like mine will be in the very near future can park near my neighborhood and afford housing. And so we have to fix that problem. I read in an article today that, that California is 50 of all states in quality of life, and it really comes down to, to housing affordability and you know, the, some of the homelessness issues too. And so uh, one of my leader mentors, a guy named Barry Costello, said this when he left the Navy, went to law school up in Albany, and then he came back in because he didn't like practicing law. I go, what did you learn? What was the biggest thing that you learned? He goes, how to focus on the key issue. And I think the key issue for Ventura County is economic development. Our guest today is Brick Connors. Thank you for being here, Brick. He's the CEO and president of Pharos Leadership. And you can learn more online at pharoslead.com. Thank you, Brick. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Get ready to take some notes. It's time for the Two Minute Drill with Michael Anderson on Big Money in the 805. Two 
two-minute drill. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's time for today's two-minute drill, brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. Let's talk about credit. When you're an adult and you want to buy a new cell phone or buy a new car or buy a house, they will do a credit check. If you don't have enough money to buy a cell phone or a car, you can try to get a loan. Now, when they do a credit check, they're trying to determine if you'll pay them back. Have you ever loaned someone money and they didn't pay you back? Nobody likes that. Well, the credit score system assigns everybody a credit score and tries to determine if there is a high likelihood of you not paying back the loan. So here's how they determine your credit score and how your credit score is calculated. 35% is your payment history. 30% is the amount owed on the revolving credit lines. 10% is new credit. Another 15% is length of credit history. And 10% is credit mix. I would encourage you to explore more information about credit and learn about credit scores. There's a wealth of great information online, and this can help you get on the path to making responsible purchase decisions. If you have questions about your credit, you can find a fee-only financial advisor, and they can help you out. Check out napfa.org, or you can contact me directly, and I would be happy to do no-cost initial consultation. My phone number is 805-665-3767, or visit my website, marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A dot com. What's in the news this week? We have Tim Gallagher, former editor of the Ventura County Star, as our news correspondent. Tim can be reached at the2020network.com. Let's dive right into it. Tim, what's in the news this week? Mike, who are you voting for this November and where do they live? That's, that's the whole thing going on this week. All the, not all the city councils, but several of the city councils and school boards are going to what's called districted elections. Used to be in the old days, you ran for city council in Ventura and the whole city got to vote on who got elected and who didn't. Now the council has started to move towards specific geographic districts where if you live in the west side of the city, you're going to vote for only a candidate who lives over there. If you live over on the east end, only the candidates will come from that area, too. This is supposed to engender more people running for office because, you know, it's a smaller bite to chew on. You don't need to raise as much money. You don't need to get as much voters, as many votes. So they're uh, thinking that this will get more people into the act. So this is going on in Ventura. This is going on in the city of Oxnard. This is going on in Ventura Unified School District. And if you haven't come to your city yet, trust me, it'll be there soon. And that's What's in the News with Tim Gallagher. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Okay, Mike, thanks. I'll talk to you.